If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, me, Adam, and Justin, for about 28 minutes, have some fun conversation. It's always fun. Adam mentions our sponsor, Organifi. He talks about these cookies he made. Uh, he ate them all. Yeah. He think, doesn't He doesn't share. Like 5,000 calories worth, if I'm not mistaken. Not quite that much, but yeah. almost. Yeah. Uh, Justin, He's on the bulk. Justin talked about his... His nut butter Ooh, yeah. that he gets from Thrive Market. <laughs> I mean, it, it shouldn't be uh, you know creepy, but I always make it. Somehow. Literally, yeah. Justin's it's nut just butter. tasty. That's the name of it. We talked about the train the trainer seminar that we had here at Mind Pump Media headquarters, which was fucking awesome. Another big thank you to all of the trainers that attended that. Uh, we love you, and we're going to be do- be doing more of that stuff uh, in the future. Yes. Also, um, we have been getting a lot of questions on one of our bundles, uh, our Sexy Athlete Bundle. So we create these bundles by combining different programs. And then typically what we do is we add a modification to it, showing you how to how to use both programs in combination. We want you to be able to make babies with our programs. Definitely. The, one that we, uh, the ones that we put together in the Sexy Athlete Bundle are MAPS Performance uh, and MAPS Aesthetic. So one of them is athletic-based. The other one is kind of bodybuilding, you know, stage presence-based. The modification in there teaches you how to combine the two, literally meld them. So you're not just following one and then following the other one. You're combining them. So some of the foundational workouts will be performance. Some of the foundational workouts will be aesthetic. And then whether or not you do mobility or focus sessions is up, is based on your goal. You can find the Sexy Athlete Bundle. Oh, and also it discounts both programs over 20% off. You can find this at mindpumpmedia.com. And then Organifi, we also have a discount with our, our sponsor, Organifi. The discount, I believe, uh, do we know how big the discount is, Doug? 20%. 20. It's 20% off. Two you go, zero. Go to organifyshop.com, enter the code MINDPUMP. And now we get into the questions. <laughs> First question was, would we ever program barbell or kettlebell complexes into a MAPS program. In other words, would MAPS ever have a baby with WAD? Yeah. Uh, Probably and, not. And obviously this person it is not familiar with MAPS performance because we do have him in there, so you might want to pay attention. The next question was, you know, in the old days of Mind Pump, we were off the rails. This person says we're more professional now. Do we miss the days? Doug and it's all my vagina talk. Yeah. Uh, do we miss those days? Kind of, and we kind of don't. The next question was- We'll bring him back. You know, it's said that you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. We talk about the five people who have helped us most uh, into molding us into the people we are today. I was a better person before I met Adam mm. and Justin. Mainly because wow. he only had three friends. <laughs> yeah. We fi- ruined you. The final question is, do we believe that some people, regardless of how hard they work, will ever be successful at bodybuilding? In other words, can you outsmart your body's genetics and metabolism without sci-fi technology where you can actually alter your genes? No. no. Find out in this episode You're of Mind still Pump. still like an amoeba. And it's t-shirt time. Give away uh, the shirts. Doug. What's How many reviews? reviews? 18 reviews. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. And we're giving away five shirts. Okay. So starting with week. Black Spade, Boy 300, Gorilla Babyface, C-Ray 56, and Big Chest 69 LOL. Yeah. yeah. All of you are winners. Send the names I just yeah. read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Excellent. 
So you eat these, you make these 80 calorie cookies and then you eat fucking 70 of them. (laughs) They're diet. Yeah. Mm. That's what's funny about that stuff. Although I will, I will say this though, this is the, the cool part of that. And I'll be the first to admit, like I definitely binge. I think it probably had like eight or ten. What are the ingredients? They look amazing. What I, are the ingredients? It's, you, I saw, I saw them, but explain to the no, audience. No, 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 oh, no. I the ingredients is on my Insta story. You're gonna have to go there, bro. If you don't want to go to my Insta story, you don't get the recipe. Listen, dude, you're doing a horrible what? fucking job. <laughs> mentioning, yeah, <laughs> mentioning our Organifi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get you to mention our Organifi sponsor right now, and uh, I'm trying to tell you, no, you gotta go to my Insta story uh, if you want if you want the recipe. <laughs> well, I don't know the recipe off my head. Come on, dude, it's like it's long. But it's what long. do they taste like? Are they pu- peanut butter? Or are they no? So there's co- there's cocoa powder in there. There's vanilla extract in there. There's the Organifi protein powder. The Organifi green juice is even in there. Uh, walnuts, chocolate chips, uh, oh, cream cheese. Um, what else is in there? Now we're talking. I think I named most of the stuff yeah. that's in there. Now, do you do you cook them or do you just put yeah, them in no, the fridge? You, you bake them. You bake them in the oven. They're like normal cookies. Oh. Remember, like when we had the keto cookies with that girl? Yeah. So it's just I, so we've been so Katrina and I since those cookies we've been like experimenting with stuff, trying and using Organifi and all the recipes. They have a bunch of recipes, so we we've been playing with them. This is a recipe we're doing right now. And they were really fucking good. And we made some of them with walnuts. We made some of them with chocolate chips. And then we made regular ones that just taste that were just mm-hmm. the cocoa. Mm-hmm. The cocoa flavoring with the cream cheese and the um, Organifi stuff tastes uh, awesome. So, but here, and so we, uh, before we turn, before we turn the mics on, we were, we were joking about how you, I ate like, you know, 20 of them or whatever, right? Yeah. And it defeats the purpose. Do you know what the macros are on it? Not off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny that, uh, you know, like Doug gets stuff, Justin gets, we all bring it, they share it, and then Adam does stuff <laughs> and he eats it all Jeez. by himself. Every single piece. But he tells us about it. I'm, mm-hmm. not, a, I'm not a good sharer. I'm not a, at all. Yeah. It always sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. So how, did, how was your, your stomach after eating all those? So that, okay, now that was what I was going to say. So the difference between, because I'll be the first to admit, I've, uh, you know, more than once in my life, binged on a box of fucking Oreos or, you know, grandma's old, you know, I love the grandmother old oatmeal cookies. I love those cookies. I think I've ate, I ate a whole package of those handful you of times. You do love grandmothers? I do. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I do the double stuffed Oreo. You know, I never went on that kick. That was really, you know, the whole I'm like all about the lard. You know, the Oreo thing right now. That's like, I mean, Oreo, great kudos to Oreo for fucking great, brilliant marketing, right? Like, because everybody, it's like they just started doing all these combos and flavors and all this shit now, all these different types of Oreos oh, yeah. and everybody sharing them. And I mean, so brilliant. But uh, I never, I never got on that bandwagon of the double. Yeah, stuff. was it like cake batter? They had like cake. Oh, every batter Reese's, Oreos? Reese's peanut butter cup, Ugh. the double stuff, the layer, the vanilla ones. They have all kinds of ones now. Yeah. So I never got but, the whole separating the Oreo and eating it. But the difference yeah, is this: cool. is I did, I did overeat them, and that does defeat the purpose if you're using them to lose weight and you're you want to and you're eating less calories. But I, I felt f- great afterwards. Normally, if I eat, did something like that, if I eat a bunch of like- So 3,000 calories worth of cookies, but you didn't feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. But right. it was fine. No, that's a yeah. good point. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like that, yeah. that, was what was, that was what was great about it was, yeah, I definitely overate on calories. This is If I, my goal was weight loss, this definitely is not advantageous, but I didn't get bloated. I didn't feel miserable. I didn't have this awful shit I took later on in the middle of the night. Because if I would have done that with Oreos, I'm shitting in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. two, two in the morning, I get woken up to take a shit for sure. 100%. That's if you like eat a box of Oreos, that's yeah. happening to me, right? But with this, I actually felt great. It felt, it, in fact, I could have ate more, but I was like, okay, that's enough, you know? So how much, uh, it's a decent amount of protein then because you use the powder, the protein powder. Yeah, the protein powder's in there, the green juice is in there, and then you have some walnuts, so you get a little bit extra there too. 
Damn. But mm. I, I'll, I'll, I want to try those. I'll look, yeah, I'll look the macros up. But uh, Have Katrina send the- Hook brother up. Or I'll, I'll find out and I'll have Jessica and me the, will try and make it. But we can't do- See, that's, I can't do cream cheese because I can't do dairy. Oh, oh, that, and now that's, that's everything for those, dude. Yeah. You'll have to do the other keto cookies that girl made because hers didn't have that. What if I use uh, like a like a nut butter? A nut butter? Uh, yeah. In the replace of cream cheese? I'll give you some nut butter. Hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe. Guys, Don't fucking, worry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I'll hook you up. You know what I did? I, so I did a post. I bought it on Thrive. Was it a post? I think it was on the forum. <laughs> and somebody was asking me. Was that your Thrive plug right that there? Was my Thrive you, plug. you brought your nut butter on Thrive? Yeah. He's gonna put his. It's my favorite <laughs> thing to buy on there. What you guys don't do that? Yeah, what? Nut butter. W- which one do you buy? I buy the Justins. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Why, Why wouldn't, wouldn't I? you? Yeah, it's organic. Do, 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 you do they sell that there? Do they, they don't yeah. have that. They have they, they have do. Justins nut butter yes, on Thrive. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's meant to be. I exactly. It's, Nothing, it's such a fit. Justin's nut is delicious. It is. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So the seminar, the train the trainer seminar, super humbling, dude. Oh, I, it was fun. So much. I got. Um, I went home. Afterwards, so while we're doing it, obviously we're in the the heat of the moment. We're, you know, doing our stuff. I want to make sure heat all of us, of all of us, moment. were were a bit, um, I think, stressed out because we wanted to not because we're presenting, but we talked about this several times. We wanted to present a lot of value. We want to make sure people left um, and really felt like they got something out of it um, because these are not only are they fans of ours, but they're they're trainers. And um, as we've people. said many times, there are people, you know, mm-hmm. these are the people we connect to the most. And so I'm like, I want to make sure that they leave with something uh, that they really benefit from. There are warriors in the trenches. And um, I don't know about you guys, man, but afterwards I, ca- I went home and and I thought about all the people that came up to me after and at, at on the breaks mm-hmm. and were telling me their stories of how mm-hmm. Mind Pump influenced them, how they've changed the way they train people, train themselves. Some people told me that, our show is what motivated them to become personal trainers in the first place. I was, uh, I got a little emotional that night thinking about um, just how much of an impact uh, we are making for some people with the stuff that we do with the show. And it's, it's fucking awesome. It's also a massive responsibility. It really does make me feel, um, you, you know, it, 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 rem- it reminds me of why we're doing this, why mm-hmm. we're doing all of this. And I really feel it. Cause sometimes, you know, we do the show, we see how many people are downloading the show. You don't get to touch everybody and really talk to everybody. All you just see is numbers. Yeah. And we talk about all the time how the message of the fitness industry needs to change, how the focus needs to shift, how fitness and wellness need to be the answer to the health epidemic, the mental health epidemic, the physical health epidemic. But it feels like we're losing. It always feels like we're losing because every time I read something, it's more bullshit, more well, bullshit information. Technically, more. we still are losing this and way. We are, but seeing how we've impacted some of these people in fundamental ways makes me feel like there's hope. You know what I'm saying? Like I see that, that they're, because think about this, you know, we have these trainers coming to us telling us how we've totally changed the way that they approach fitness and health and how, uh, you know, they've, they've changed, they've changed the way they train people. Think about the people that they're influencing and then those people who they're influencing it's, uh, well, it's like the, we got it. What was it? Just recently we on Q and a, we got asked, uh, if we missed, private training anymore mm-hmm. and that's the reason why I said I don't at all I don't miss private training because everything that I loved about training one-on-one I feel I get that times a hundred doing what we're doing now and and that's a, this weekend was an example of that to impact people literally all over the world right or at least all over the states right we had everybody up for all the way up from Alaska Minnesota Dakota well I it's mean, cool were- now because we can put 
uh, face, you know, to these names and these people in the forum and these people we talk to constantly. But, you know, there's something about like be- physically being there and communicating with people. It's, it is, it makes it more real and it, it, it does, it puts you back into kind of like, you know, the original mission of what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, it, it's just nice to see that like some of these people have really responded to what we've been talking about and it's been very helpful in their career even. So it's just, a, I feel like we have a real chance. Like I really, really feel like we have a chance at changing things, um, in fundamental ways, uh, just from talking to people now. Oh, I, I, I agree. I th- we are for sure. It's just, we're just not winning yet. That's all. You know, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that we're moving and we're moving in the right direction and we're moving the fitness industry right, but it's, we're just not winning yet. Mm. That's all. You know, there's a quote. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, let, me, let me look it up here. There's a quote, and it's something like every revolution begins with uh, a tireless, you know, loud minority. Um, <laughs> it's not. Revolutions don't start with a majority. That's why it's called a revolution. Right. Uh, if it was a majority, then it would already already be there. But they all start. Every movement, every major movement that's happened in the world for the better, started because you had this loud and tireless uh, minority that was uh, passionate and um, and and just really started to shift things. And then you get this domino effect. And that's what I feel like we have we have the ability to impact and change. I see it a little bit now. I'm starting to see. The, the trainers that I'm meeting now, especially the ones over the weekend who are telling me their approach to fitness and the things that they're talking about with their clients and the things that they're, you know, they've changed with themselves. I didn't, I never heard that before. You know what I mean? I, we've managed so many gyms and it's just, these are things that we've never heard about uh, or people talking about before. Now people are starting to talk about these things and it's fucking great, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, fitness is an interesting, it's an interesting industry. It's, it is a fast-moving industry. That's another thing that kind of gives me hope. Uh, you see trends come and go so quickly that I think that this can become a trend that stays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rather than just you know come and go. So uh, some of the stuff we covered uh, on the seminar, we taught um, the maps code. So this is the underlying code behind uh, programming your your well, program is, based on maps. I was excited to do that because I think it, if there's one question that we've been asked the most on the forum and I feel that we people haven't got the answers to was, you know, teach us the programming. How did you guys program? And we've always kind of stayed away from that. Not because it's not we don't want to share, it's that there's a lot that goes into it. And I think anybody that was here I think understands that now, like now that they've right. been there, it's like, oh, it's not just as simple like as you just throw a bunch of exercises together. There's actually a lot of, there's a major thought process that goes into how we chose the exercises, the order we chose them, the phasing, all that stuff. So I think now that we had an opportunity to share that with this core group, I think there's a, a, a better understanding and appreciation and for that. It's cool because now you can see too, there is a formula that we go back to and it's like a, it's the backbone of, of everything we create. However, there is like a real, like a unique mix that, that creates, uh, uh, you know, this recipe for each one of these adaptations we're focusing on. Well, the, the maps code is this kind of this overarching general code that you use to program workouts, but it has a, a, a huge amount of flexibility um, within it where you can design it around pretty much any goal uh, or adaptation that you're looking for. Um, and it leaves a lot to the trainer in the sense that if you're a really good trainer, you can use that code to make amazing programs. If you're mm-hmm. a shitty trainer, it's not going to make you 
a great programmer with workouts. So it's just, again, it goes down to the trainer, but it does give them a scaffold, mm-hmm. you know, this, 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 this good scaffold that you can use and work off of to design programs because, uh, you know, we've worked with so many trainers, you know, when you, when trainers design a program for clients, it's, there's like one of two ways that they normally do. It's either when they show up for the day, oh, cool, what are we doing today? This is what we're going to do. Or it's, you know, it's exercise-based. Okay, this person wants to work out, so here's these great exercises that I'm going to throw in right. to the workout versus this kind of, you know, bird's eye view and then kind of coming down and narrowing it. So we were able to go over the MAPS code. We went over – Justin did a phenomenal job going over how to, how to assess uh, both in person but also what's important is online. How do you assess an online client? Hmm. That was a really, really good part. We had Dr. Brink. Uh, demonstrate some of his that was uh, fun magic. Having Brink, yeah, man, he just really was able to break break down, uh, you know, some of the some of the people here too. They got to experience, you know, what he's made us go through when we were doing squats and what he notices right away. And it, it is really impactful when you see it live and in person. Dude, how cool was it when you had the trainer up with them who had uh, ankle mobility issues who couldn't yeah. squat? Yeah, and then he just changed one thing and well, deep squat, deep. Everybody in the everybody was like, "Oh, whoa!" Shit. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, he sees that like right away. <clears throat> and then uh, you know, Adam went th- over the social media component because all the trainers here, you know, wanted to build their business and grow. And social media is just that's just whether you like it or not. That is a major part of mm-hmm. your business, um, and if it's going to become a bigger part, and so. Um, moving forward, I think we'll be able to get more because it was kind of surface, right? All each one of those could have become a seminar all in a, uh, by oh, yeah. itself. I, I think in the future, I see that being mm-hmm. multiple days, you know, yeah. being able to just get in, you know, much deeper. So, but we had a great time, man. I want to thank everybody that showed up, and mm-hmm. we're definitely going to do more of these in the future. I think we have a good idea now what people want um, and the direction we're going to move, and <clears throat> maybe turn this into some kind of a. You know, maybe not necessarily certification, uh, but a course right. that you can take that you know will help ensure or at least contribute to your success um, as a fitness professional. So, but uh, uh, besides all that, uh, how was you guys' weekend? Did you guys have a weekend after? Do you anything else afterwards? Uh, yesterday, I hung. I watched football all day long with my boys. They, I had uh, both my buddies uh, that came into town, and we just kind of hung around and watched football all day. I was wore out, man. Yeah. I was tired. Did you get tired after? Oh that? man, I was tired. Anytime it's we amazing. a lot of energy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any, anytime we talk that long, it just it's it's amazing how draining that is in comparison to like all the other physical things I've had to do in my life. Yeah. I always find that when we do like when we, especially when we travel too and we do like multiple shows and interviews, once we push beyond like three three four hours of talking straight, you know, it's like it just wears on yeah. you. So I mentally drained, you know? So I think I came home that night, just passed out. You know, you know what's funny is, my, uh, so my dad makes fun of me when I say that. <laughs> so my dad will be like, hey, how was, how was work? You know? Because he's doing all this like <laughs> yeah. physical, yeah. rigorous activity. He's like, how was work? I'm like, oh, f- oh so my I'm, God, I'm so tired. Yeah, I'll be like, I'm tired. And he'll be like, you're tired? Like, yeah, we had like- Yeah, you're pussy. We did like four yeah. interviews and he's like, you're talking. He's like, your mouth is tired? <laughs> You just, you're, you're, yeah. Is that your yeah. face is tired? You know, it's, it, it's, <laughs> and it makes me laugh. You know, because do I, what do I say? Back you can't, you can't say anything yeah, back to that. But you know what? Yeah. I've been on both sides, right? So I've been uh, on both sides before. I definitely had laborious jobs where I know what it's like to get up at four o'clock in the morning, work a twelve-hour day, and just be fucking yeah, exhausted physically. And there's a, there's definitely a difference. And there's not to take anything away from either one of them, right? Like no. both of them in their own right is fucking taxing, exhausting, right? Yeah. Exhausting. It, it makes just, you. It's a different exhaust. Like it's a when I when I used to do like work the ranch and stuff, I would come home and there'd be time like I didn't even want to get my dirty clothes off. I just lay down and just 
yeah, crash just because I'm just exa- physically exhausted, right? And but w- same thing here, I, I get this feeling, but it's not my body doesn't feel exhausted. It's my more my my head. Yeah. Yeah. My head feels just like I don't want to talk. That's so funny because I uh, this weekend I I finished up on this chicken run thing because like um oh, yeah, I, I was working this project yeah over the last like couple weekends just as something to you know my I don't know help my wife out and um I I just I got into it because it was like it's like mindless work for me so I'm just like tinkering and tooling and doing all this stuff like so she was off work so I was able to keep working on it and I don't know what it is but it just helps me to kind of like relax because I'm just I'm just tinkering and using my hands and what's a chicken run well, I don't even know if that's what you call it, but it's just basically like an extension big- to the uh, to the cage, so they have more room, but they're not like flying out and fucking shitting all over my deck and you know being assholes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to keep them like it's like it's like an extension to the prison, basically, <laughs> is what I just built. You, so, yeah. are they free range? They're not free range, then, huh? Well, I'll, we will let them out, you know, and and they'll go around. But um, do they eat the bugs and shit? Yeah, they'll eat bugs. But the the, the problem is, I don't want to let them out all day because that's when they just they're 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 so stupid. They literally just like come next to the sliding glass door and they stare at you and they like peck at you know the window and they're like nah, 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 like trying to get in. And I'm like, go away, <laughs> you know. Go do something. Go get some bugs. Like, what go the lay fuck some are you eggs. doing? Like, all they're doing is sitting there shitting, looking at you like, let me in. <laughs> Just hitting their face on the window. Did you name your chickens? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. My my kids actually named I think it's like uh, stupid names like uh, Snow White and like Sparky and, you know. <laughs> Yoda. Fucking. I don't even remember the other one. Smokey or something. That's great. Yeah. Super that's, creative. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so I just they, let them name them like whatever. So when you get their eggs, they got the really like golden yolk probably from eating the bugs, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, Makes you realize how shitty most eggs are. Right. Yeah. You know no, I mean? no, they're amazing. Like super nutrient dense. They um, look way different though, don't they? When you crack them open, they look different than most eggs. Yeah. And each. It's each, a lot different. Each chicken has like a different kind of an egg because we got like a couple different uh, breeds in there. What so. are you, Rhode Island Reds? Uh, one of them is, yeah. And I don't know what the, the white one is, but like uh, that's that's one, that's the one that, that produces the most. So. Oh, really? Yeah. She's awesome. Do you remember the other breeds you have or no? No. I don't know. I, you have any I, wasn't, cluckies? I wasn't like attached cluckies. to that process. <laughs> make, just make up a name. <laughs> cluckies. You have, any, you have any Washington cluckies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it would be a good name. And, uh, Florida yeah. crazy. We could have went with that. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any Boston Beakers? Boston Beakers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to make up some Boston chi- Beakers. He names chicken breeds like fucking basketball teams. <laughs> <laughs> the Boston Beakers. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's how it works. The Wizards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my wizard, my yeah, wizard breed. <laughs> <laughs> That's if Adam was a, bird, uh, a chicken. He'd be the wizard yeah, breed. He'd be the wizard. Yeah. No, but you know, the, when we were talking about being exhausted, it's interesting, right? Because you get physically exhausted because your body, you know, you waste a lot of physical energy. You build up a lot of waste products in your muscles. That happens in the brain too, dude. Sure. It happens in the brain too. That's why I think that they're they're equally as taxing just in different ways. Totally different. Yeah, just different systems, right? Different systems are getting taxed more than others, but overall, since we're one big system- it, it can be equally just as bad, right? Yeah, when I leave these types of events or, you know, when we do like these these real mentally taxing uh, podcasts or whatever, I don't want to talk anymore. No. I'll go home and I'm just, I don't want to say anything. I didn't talk to anybody. Really? Yeah, like, go away. When, when you got home? Yeah. Yeah, no. And then my girlfriend's like, tell me about what happened. I'm like, oh. 
That's exactly. Yeah. I I don't I can't talk. My mouth my mouth Sorry. doesn't work. Katrina yeah. Katrina will ask and then the, just just from the hesitation that I give for the answer, she already knows right away. She's like, "Oh, you don't want to talk right now, mm-hmm. do you?" So mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, you know, you can ask me questions. I rather I don't want to just I don't have anything to share. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't have a, I don't have like a like a point like to make right now. But if you want to ask me questions, like I'm not going to not talk mm-hmm. to you. But yeah, no, I don't really feel like talking. More. I can't wait to do another one, dude. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I cannot wait. No, I'm excited. This is, I mean, let's be honest. This is what, uh, this is what we. This did. is the ultimate goal. Well, it's, we what, were it's what we. For this. It's what we did for most of our career. Like, if they, you were to ask me, my favorite parts of being in fitness, it was not training clients. It's not learning about exercise. It's none of that shit. Mm-hmm. It was training trainers. I mean, that was hundred percent. I enjoyed, you know, developing other leaders more than anything else I've ever enjoyed. I got more, uh, more enjoyment out of that than anything else I've ever done. So, mm-hmm. being here in the business now is. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's fun. It's gonna be a lot of work mm-hmm. like that. So we'll see. see what I happens. was surprised how many young people uh, were there. Shit, we had a kid. It was seventeen. We had a seventeen. It was so great. Did you talk to him? Uh, yeah, Jake. Yes, Jake's his name. Yeah, Jake, you're a fucking. He's champion. just getting started, man. It was Dude, so awesome. A seventeen year old kid flew his ass over here from Alaska. Yeah. So he flew from Alaska to just to attend our seminar, and he's he's a, he's a baby. Yeah. And he's trying to build his business like. That is a huge, like, you know, awesome sign. Did, did, you, did he ask you guys any questions or no? no uh, we, yeah, yeah, we did. I mainly about certifications. He asked me a great. With. He asked me a great question, and I, uh, he asked me about like uh, he was. Cons- this was before I knew his age and stuff. Like he, mm-hmm. just, the first question he walked up to me he says, "You know, Adam, he goes, you know, uh, I need to, I need to know like where do you, what do you think." I potentially should should pivot to or do like you know how you guys started off as trainers and then you moved in and you did this big thing of mind pump and everything. He goes, I'm concerned that you know I don't want to just get stuck being a trainer, but I don't know also where I'm going to go from there. And then like I'm like, well, man, well, tell me a little bit about your your job now. This and that. And he's like, well, no, I don't. Even, I'm not even a trainer yet. I'm only 17. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like, damn, bro, you're you're way ahead of yourself right now. I'm like. I, have, See, I don't want to create any you know glass ceilings anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's such yeah. a great question. Like his heart was in the right place about uh, it, right? But I'm thinking to myself, like, bro, you don't even worry about that right now. Like, how awesome you, is that? Though? I know it's uh, great. most 17 year olds. No, I'm like, I wouldn't even. Th- I'm not even thinking that way when I'm 17 years old. Not at all. Not at all. Am I thinking that way? Uh, I'm like, you know, and he, and he even caught himself. He's like, I just need to get my cert and just yeah. get started. I'm like, you yeah, got to get the experience. Get yeah. going, because I said, here's here's what will happen. Like, you couldn't have asked uh, any of us three guys. Uh, when we were early on in our careers, did we think we were going to be doing this? None of us would have answered that, hundred percent. So, you got to get in it. You got to start doing it, and then something will will naturally come to you. You're going to find a knack somewhere. You're going to have a passion. You're going to find certain types of people that you do really well with, mm-hmm. and let that guide and direct you. Don't try and figure that out or force that because you saw us do something or someone else. Like, you know, do you and do you the best you possibly can. And then let it unfold from there, and you know, pay attention as you yeah, go. Yeah, I had uh, I met a few. I met a gentleman from Tennessee. Can't remember his name. The big dude, you know, the guy that was in here. Was kind oh of, yeah, 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 yeah. Real cool guy. He's been training for 15 years, so he's been doing this right around as long as we have. Mm. Um, he's a dad, and he trains lots of people. He's like, for him, like social media, you know, because our generation, right? We didn't grow up with it. Right. So he's like, I hate the social media. So we had a yeah. nice conversation about that. Um, and he he had he asked the question about like your brand or what you do. And I'm like, you are your brand. Like how you talk, like everything you do is your brand. And I think it's kind of set off a a light bulb for him. And then I met a young lady, I think her name was Avalon, 20, I want to say 22. And she was asking about, she's a trainer in a like big box gym up in Vancouver. So she's from Canada. Mm. And she wanted to know if she should continue to move up the ladder 
in corporate fitness or, or that kind of atmosphere before going off on our own. And I will almost always usually say yes uh, to most trainers. I thought that, you know, I wanted to share that on the show that if you're a young trainer and you're working in a big box gym, there is so much you can, this is exactly what I told her, so much you can learn from, you know, moving up in an atmosphere of the big box gyms just because they're going to provide you all these opportunities and you can learn how much it run, costs to run a gym. Yeah, yeah, leadership, how to deal with a lot of volume of people, you know, what your profit and losses are, how to deal with marketing, mm-hmm. you know, prove yourself there, learn there, and then go off on your own. Because I think a lot of people have that misconception, right, that they can just go off on their own and then succeed. Oh, yeah. Well, it's 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 almost naive to think that because you have, when you have a place like that, they've already proven that they can do what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and they can then do it on another level that you hopefully probably want to get to one day, right? And even if you don't want, you have no desire to potentially make a chain and a franchise and be worth millions of dollars or whatever, knowing that you have the opportunity to work for a company that has gone through and blazed the trail in the field or the industry that mm-hmm. you're in, there's so much insight that comes oh with that. God. And that, and you to not, and to think that you can actually get paid to get, it's education in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's going into a field and getting educated by a, a, somebody who has proven it in the industry already. And then they're actually going to pay you to work there. Like that to me is invaluable. It's a no-brainer. It yeah. is. It's a no, it's a no-brainer to take advantage of that first before you were ever to step out and, and say, "Hey, and I'm you never do know. Anything. You never know. You may do well in that environment. Right. And like it. I, I have friends that do right. that for a living, and right. you know, our friend Ryan, who runs, you know, is a president now at UFC gyms. He's doing very well and yeah. very successful in it. And um, it's it's a. I'll tell you what. It's I could probably say it's this working for Twenty Four Hour Fitness and, and managing and, and grand opening clubs and all that stuff for them is probably the single most educational thing I've done for myself that applies to now what I do now. In other words, that really, I mean, owning my own facility, I learned a lot doing that as well. But mm-hmm. if I never did that, I don't know, I don't think I'd be here now. That was such an impactful thing to work in a company like that and be exposed to all the good that they did and even the bad and all that stuff is pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bird time. Bird. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, our first question is from Spartan James. Would you ever program barbell or kettlebell complexes into a MAPS program? <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, we did. did. Didn't That's we in MAPS performance? Exactly, yeah. It, it, yeah, in the durability phase, we had a kettlebell complex that was just mainly in there to uh, for conditioning, so I mean, that's... That's how I've pretty much used all these complexes uh, in the past. So uh, if you're looking at muscle endurance, it's a great way to, uh, you know, uh, approach that as far as like that adaptation is concerned. Well, hence why it's in that program too, right? right? It makes the most sense in a program like that in comparison to red or black, Mm -hmm. where you're either one more just purely strength focused or power direction. And then on the other side of the spectrum with the bodybuilding focus on kind of hypertrophy or muscle size and density, then, you know, when you're looking at an athlete that makes more sense to do complexes, like, right. I mean, when yeah. you guys- well, and the reason why I was wanting to address this too, is cause like he was mentioning some guy, I think it was Dan John, uh, that promotes it for muscle building muscle. And 
yeah, like so again, this will this will go back to like what are you currently doing uh, right. versus like you know adding this into to the mix. You know, will be a new stimulus that you know will create uh, a different adaptation like muscle endurance. But um, it's not like you know like the, the way that we're using it is more for the conditioning elements that it provides. Well, and the reason why we are because we don't think that it's the best way to build muscle. Does it build muscle? Absolutely. Can right. it build? Can you use it to build muscle? Absolutely. Of but I don't think it's the the best way to do that. And here's the thing. We could take anything. We could take bands. We could take chains. We could take all kinds of unconventional tools and show that they all build muscle. And mm-hmm. you can use all of those tools just to build muscle. Mm-hmm. If you just want to build muscle and you absolutely love to swing a kettlebell, absolutely. You can build some good muscle doing that and look great and... But if, if someone's going to ask me heads up, like, okay, if I, all I got is a kettlebell and all I have is a barbell and what, and which, which can I do to build muscle or which is better? Well, it's like, I mean, it's like a monster superset if you think about it, you know, you're just like jumping from one movement to the next. And so you just have to consider that, uh, you know, your quality is going to degrade, uh, as you, as you get to the next and the next movement, you know, in that sequence. Mm So of all the ways you can lift weights, it's to build muscle. It's probably near the bottom. Uh, for building muscle, unless you're totally deconditioned, then you might build some muscle from it. Um, a complex is, is a circuit uh, in, in essence, right? It's mm-hmm. like four, typically three to five exercises done, you know, back to back. It is uh, the benefits come it are pure of the from it. Excuse me, are purely performance based. So, like we're saying, strength endurance. Um, it's excellent for that. The results and, and progress you get from them are, are are good in the short term. The mistakes I see people doing with complexes is they stay on them mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks and weeks because you see benefit right away. They do burn a shit ton of calories, so you'll see yourself drop some body fat right away. But similar to cardio, if all you do is push complexes over and over again, you will your body may start to adapt in a way where it becomes more efficient with calories because it's it's kind of like cardio with weights. It's similar in mm-hmm. the sense that you can you can get similar performance building benefits with uh, like uh, sprints. The difference is with kettlebell, uh, excuse me, with kettlebells or barbells or dumbbells and complexes, is you could target where you get the strength endurance a little bit more. Like if I want more strength endurance in my posterior chain, then I can design a complex that involves a lot of posterior chain movements. If right. I want to have a lot of, uh, if I want to be able to maintain good proprioceptive ability while being fatigued, I can definitely train it with a complex in the sense that, you know, I'm going to be doing these different movements and some of them are going to be lateral, some of them are going to be in the sagittal, some will be transverse. And it's going to help teach me to become. You know, I feel like I feel like this is a CrossFitter asking us this question, and they are wanting to know if we would ever design a maps program that would look all like that. that would be all that. And no, we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's just it. We would never design a program that looks that would be just barbell and kettlebell complexes because then it would one be, face. Because then it then it would be CrossFit. Yeah. Then it would be CrossFit. That's what CrossFit looks like. It's just a bunch of fucking complexes. Like yeah. it's all. It's a bunch of yep. supersets all over the place and running and carrying weights over your head and shit. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that if you want to. Well, it's glorified circuit training. Right. Is what it is. It, it, it's better. Right. It's a better yeah. version. It's better than curves. Yeah. You know, it's better than it's better <laughs> yeah. than sitting on a machine. It is better than cir- machines. Circle, yes. circle. Curves is hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I I feel like that's got to be where this question is coming from. But yeah. I, we would definitely, I could definitely see us running a phase of that, like a three four week por- portion of that. Yep. Absolutely, I yep. could see I could see uh, a whole section being a complex. I could totally design like a mm-hmm. super. I, I could I totally see barbell complexes all the time. I could we could football. totally do this right uh, if I were to put it anywhere in maps right now. I would build it on as like the fifth phase 
of like maps performance, and it's all kettlebell and barbell complexes. Yeah, to take the durability to another uh, level. Yeah, right. Take the durability to a whole other level. Yeah. There you go. There's your fifth phase. It, but and then would, I would cycle out of it and go right back there. But it wouldn't be appropriate for everybody, right? No. It's, no, it's just, that's it's just super intense. It's just too much. And I'll tell you, here's this is something we need to touch on. There are some exercises that are absolutely um, unsuitable for complexes. Exercises that are the worst ones to pick for a complex, and there's exercises that are better. Mm -hmm. And it really breaks down to this. The more complex and technique-focused the exercise is, the worse it is for a complex. The more simple and basic. The more it puts you in a compromising position with your joints, the worse. This is why whenever I see somebody do Olympic lifting in a complex, I want to slap them in the face. That is a horrible, horrible exercise choice for a complex because when you pick an Olympic lift, Olympic lifts uh, of all the lifts, all the barbell lifts are the most complex. Mm -hmm. They're the most complex form of, of exercises. In other words, they require the most technique. If you're doing an overhead snatch or a you know power clean, you are you. There's a lot of technique involved. It's actually mostly technique that's involved with them. Power doesn't come into the frame until much later when you're an expert in that exercise. When you inject that type of an exercise into something that's going to fatigue you because it's designed to. That's what complexes are supposed to do. They're supposed to fatigue the hell out of you. Your technique starts to go down, and with the slightest deviation in technique. A snatch goes from safe to dangerous very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, it's not like a kettlebell swing. A kettlebell swing, although it's posterior chain and it does require some technique. Well, the load is centric for one. Yes, yes. I mean, they, that's the reason why, like, uh, we chose that. Like, I mean, it's it's a lot safer, uh, you know, just from that aspect alone. I mean, it's more controllable and, um, you know, it's very technique based if you want to really break down like a kettlebell swing. So it's not necessarily like I'm going to go through this with slop, but um at the same time like it once you bring the load like further out away from your body you know you're going to put your body in more of a compromised position so. and if you and if you're if you're fatigued and your form breaks down a little bit with a kettlebell swing you you, you can get away with it right your you form can, breaks you can down drop it the that, weight that shit starts to break down with olympic lifts and you're fucked yeah. you're in a very very bad uh position we've all seen the video so when you're picking exercises for your complexes, pick simple, basic ones you have good technique to that you can get a little sloppy with if you get fatigued. That doesn't mean you should get sloppy. Mm-hmm. The other mistake I see people making with complexes is they go to failure in each exercise. You don't want to do that. You want still want to maintain good form and good integrity with your exercises, and you can still get very right. fatigued. The point doing is it. to get through it, you know, without like uh, mechanically. Yeah, mechanically. So it's it, if anything, you want to like bring the load down a bit, so you still can maintain good form, but you're super, you know, fatigued at the end. And don't let your ego like take over. Like go lighter with the weight and perfect your form to make it more difficult versus going heavier. So we got to mention Thrive right now, Justin. Thrive yes, Market. Do. Uh, and I just tried that macadamia nut. Uh, what is that? Macadamia nut milk? Mac- macadamia. Doug, what is that that you got Unsweetened there? Unsweetened macadamia milk. I can never find that at Whole Foods. It's always sold out. How yeah. much did it's you pay tasty. for it? How much did you pay for it? That's a good question. I don't know. You don't but remember? It was cheap. It was cheap. So what do you use that for? You can put it on uh, cereal if you eat that, which I really don't. But I did find this paleo granola that they have. And that's also pretty tasty. So you just poured it right on there? Mm. Yeah. The problem with the paleo granola, though, is you buy a bag of it, and then you eat the whole thing in one sitting. (laughs) And so just like Adam's cookies, you end up eating a lot more calories than you wanted to. Mm. So uh, the other thing about Thrive that we've mentioned a couple times is how they donate a membership to a family that's in need. That's actually one of my favorite 
parts of this uh, this company is that they're so conscious about helping other people with nutrition and you know wellness and giving them better options that when you get a membership with them, they donate a membership to somebody who can't afford one so that they also have access to organic or non-GMO you know, health foods that they normally wouldn't be able to afford because, uh, as we all know, Hands down, one of my expensive. favorite sponsors just because of that, just because yeah. of the what they are doing right now. And it's interesting to watch where, where they're going. The space that they're doing is, I think, the future of how we're all going to receive food. I think the days of... Going to a grocery, those that know what's going on with Amazon Go stores, the, like where you just walk in, grab your food, and you walk out, no scanning, no nothing. Like in the future, you're going to just either one, get your stuff all shipped right to your house, just like Thrive Market's doing, and a lot of these other online companies are, or these type of Amazon stores. So it's cool to see somebody who's on the front end of that and what they're doing. Yeah, that's really the heart of it. I feel like. Uh, you know, for the, for the longest time, that was the the greatest barrier to entry for people to get to healthy quality foods. It's just like it's way too expensive, and uh, to have a company like this, like um, where it's organized in a way where everybody contributes to lower the pricing together by building this community, it's a powerful thing. And um, you know, th- this is one of those things. That's why we want to stand by it because it's 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 more than um, you know just just a marketplace. It's 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 a place where people. Can can really kind of spread out um, getting healthier foods to people that you know can't really afford it. So basically, uh, as a listener, you can get a free membership for 30 days. You can also get $20 off your first three orders of $49 or more. And I think they give you what? Free shipping too, Doug? Is that free the other shipping. offer? Free shipping, yeah. So what you do is you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump, and you're going to get hooked up. Uh, with all of that. And then go on there, check it out, go through their site. It won't, you know, it's not going to cost anything. Look at their products, compare the prices of their organic non-GMO products to what you would pay at your local grocery store or your local Whole Foods. Uh, their prices are between what I found on average, about 20% lower, some cases as much as half. So the prices are fantastic. Again, that's thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump. Next question is from the Logan Doherty. Listening to the old days of Mind Pump, do you guys feel you have lost your rough edges? Mind Pump as a media company is more professional now. Do you miss the days of recording raw episodes in Doug's living room? <laughs> you guys are sold out, man. Yeah. You're so corporate. You know, it's funny. We were, where were we? Oh, it was up in, um, it was up in Tahoe and uh, for the Spartan. And we were just reminiscing. We had long day work. It was <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> it was like 11 o'clock at night or yeah. midnight. And, you know, by this point now, we're dr- drinking and relaxing a little bit. And we started reminiscing on some of our old episodes. And we actually went back. And I don't, I, none of us had listened to any episode that was old, right? For a long time. I hadn't listened to anything in the 100, you know, uh, uh, range or whatever, no, no. episode range. Not in a long time. We started playing some of them. And, yeah, we were pretty fucking <laughs> off the rails, dude. Like, like yeah. they, were, they were pretty Some of those crazy. topics were interesting, man. I'll be it honest. was, you know, it was. It's it's the natural progression of the show. I I don't miss it. There's parts of it that I might miss, like I and I think uh, I'm always trying to push us and challenge us to be a, a little more edgy or not be worried about ruffling too many feathers, uh, because now it's inevitable, right? It doesn't matter what show it is. There's always somebody who disagrees or is mm-hmm. pissed off or is unhappy or gets offended. Like, so it, it's inevitable that happens every show now. And, and just n- the natural progression of that is because when you're doing stuff that is so over the top like that, you tend to get more 
of that type of attention. And I think after a while, I think you just get tired of having to deal with it. And so it kind of naturally has shaped and formed the show, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, there's there's pluses and minuses to both sides of that. Like I, I think that the future, future of Mind Pump, I think there'll be a time where um, we have some really off the rails stuff and then, then we'll have the typical Mind Pump what we do like right now, you know, and, and I feel be like separate. we had to do it that way. You know, like we had to come out guns blazing and and just you know, <laughs> you know, be as ridiculous as possible. Well, a lot of it too, I think, it w- was fucking nerves. I was just gonna say, yeah. like I'll, a lot of it, a lot yeah, of it, most is, of it was. I, I think I, I mean, I hope people. I, I feel like I'm a much better interviewer now today than I was 500. Episodes I was just gonna ago. say, just, if you, if yeah. you listen I, to, at least I try to work on my skill. Yeah. You when know? you when you listen yeah. to our show, you're listening to us really like truly us what's on our mind what are we thinking about what are we what direction are we going with fitness and wellness in our lives in our personal lives and it's just a complete reflection of us it's very unrehearsed very unscripted you know we just sit down and go and in the early days i mean we were it was definitely nervous it was not only was it nervous a lot of a jazzing on our mind yeah (laughs) i think i think we were nervous i think we were we were we were swinging real hard because we wanted to you know get attention analogies and And, uh the three of us didn't although our chemistry is always awesome uh the three of us didn't know each other nearly as well as we do now so it was almost there were definitely episodes where it was like Let's see who can out. Yeah, we're like one up in each other. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. so I think that's what you're hearing a lot of. But you get us on the right day, and we'll still have an episode like that. We do every once in a while. We'll throw out an episode like that. And where- to me, I like it more like it is now. It's way more natural because all of any sort of nerves or anything that we had in the past, obviously after 600 episodes, is completely gone. Right. So yeah. this this has become uh, not only a habit; it's become therapy. It's become something extremely natural. Yeah. Uh, and that's just anything you do, right? If you put enough, what is it? Once you put 10,000 hours and you're considered a master in something like that, and we're not quite there yet, but we're, we're up there, you know, we're getting mm-hmm. up there in hours that we've actually been doing this for. And so, and I still think we are refining the skills. Uh, and I, I like it, you know, I do miss some of the, the topics and off the chain stuff, but like Sal said, I think we still kind of revisit some yeah. things where we, we every get, now and then we'll shock and awe purposely. Yeah. 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 Like if we're in the mood, I, I don't feel like that's something like we won't touch. So it's just that now we're, we're just trying to kind of, uh, refine and polish our message more. And I think that's why we're, we're, we might sound a little more corporate. You know, it's interesting. So <laughs> corporate. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, you know what? Like, no, Noah's arcade. Justin you know had the mean? hardest time with that for sure. He I was, do. He was Mr. Pushback on that more than yeah. anybody was being so afraid. We're going to be like everybody else. It's just like, like I, I hate that. that. I don't like, like to blend else. into everybody else's shit. Like, I want us to be uniquely us, you know, always. Bro, so, we're, we're unique, dude. Yeah. You know, and it's that, here's the other thing, too, that a lot of companies run into when they start off small and have a really tight um, fan base, and then they start to succeed. And every business, look, at, here's the deal. Every business that is massive now started with a very... Uh, uh, very dedicated fan base. Every single one, Starbucks, McDonald's, you know, anything you can think of. At some point they were small, but they had a very dedicated, loyal fan base. And that's what made them big. And inevitably there's always going to be those people that's like, eh, you, you know, you sold out or, oh, you're not the same or whatever. And it's like, listen, you know, when, when, you, when we were small, you wanted us to su- succeed. And now when we are, Right, you're changing because you know? it didn't go the way you planned it yeah. to go. Right? Well, no, I, th- <laughs> I, I just think people don't feel as special. You know what I mean? Like they think like, oh, I, I'm the only one that knows about these. Like how many people will listen to music and then all of a sudden it's on the radio and they're like, eh, I don't like it. Oh, I think it's a little bit of yeah. that, and I think it's a little bit too of some people. Only don't. when it's on like a commercial. Not, Ugh, a, not a lot gross. of people think about 
like and understand all the other intricate parts of a business you know at least once it gets to a certain point you know there's it's one thing to think like think yourself and if i was doing this and if once i started making this kind of money or this started i would do it like this and i would do it like that well okay well things that you think of right now is only goes this far and there's so much more to that unless you've built something like that and i think anybody who has built anything like Mind Pump or or much bigger completely understands and knows and knows what what happens and what what goes into it and the work that we have to do and the, I think those people really understand and you're right I think there's early on early adopters that feel that you we lose cause shit let's be honest when we first started the fucking forum you know there was 10 people one day you know and there was only, and there was yeah. only 10 there's three of us we, we had like an anti forum we talked for a minute. To, we talked to <laughs> we, yeah right you remember that yeah. so there there Wait, and, we had an anti forum yeah well it was kind <laughs> yeah. of it was the kind of yeah it was the um the OGs all started oh, their yeah. own where they could where they could talk whatever inappropriate yeah. shit because we started to censor the forum like uh, yeah. like listen we can't put things that are like totally inappropriate like i mean we we, we give people a lot of freedom assholes. yeah yeah so we someone was trying to post asshole nudes. Bleaching. who was it but oh, you know what, it. and and you know what, Th- that forum died. You know, it didn't it didn't keep going because you know we we the n- main reason why people are in that forum. Okay, the main one. There's lots of reasons why lots of people are, but the main one is to get a strong community where you can meet with other like minded people that are growth minded and they want to learn. Like that's yeah. for sure the number one reason. Then there's a lot of other reasons. It's fun. It's a reflection of the show. All these things like that. But we have to still keep it for the you know for the main reason. We have to cater to that. Like it's got to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. People connecting to each other, people helping other people grow, learn more about health. We want fitness. the bigger things. We right. want people to change. And yeah. it's not to say that we don't love the freaking crazy. No, it's, no, no, no. You know, it's funny. I too. love being crazy. I'm thinking about like it's very interesting when you really think about like I remember when we would all meet and sit down and record the show. Uh, it was a different feel. It was like okay, here I go. I'm going to record. Like I got to get you know, and you, you kind of get psyched up and you get you know hyper and you're ready to do it. And and it's gotten so natural now that when we did the seminar with the trainers. I was way more anxious and nervous doing yeah. that. The second we came into the studio to record with everybody watching, all of a sudden, as soon as we sat in our chairs, did you guys feel it? Like, oh, I'm home. like relaxing. Yeah, like yeah. Let's, we crossed our legs. Totally. This our is, I know. This is like our safe spot. Isn't that yeah. weird? Yeah. That's it's weird. great. Yeah. Next question is from J.M. Wardle. It is said that you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Who are the five people who have helped mold you into the person you are today? Oh man, Fuck. like in all of history. I know, I, right? That's kind of a heavy question. That's well, a it's one. here's the deal with that, and that's a really, really fucking tough one to answer because those circles have continued to change, change over a lot. over the last 15, 20 years of my life. One hundred percent. There is definitely a core group of people that influenced me from my teenage years into my early 20s. Then there was a core group of people that influenced me in my early 20s to my mid 20s, from my mid 20s to my 30s. And then currently now, I, I wouldn't put Justin or Sal in part of that for that first five back in my 20s because I didn't even fucking know them. But I most certainly would count them in that circle right now with where we're at in our lives currently because I obviously spend more time with them than anybody else. So it's really tough to say that. I think what's important about that was when I made that, when I finally, and it wasn't until my uh, mid to late 20s that I actually put that together, did I start looking at things uh, differently? And let me give you an example. So forever, and this is part of my MO, is I attract people 
that uh, that need help, right? So I, I've always been the father figure in my own family, and so part of my my uh, breakdown or my mo is that I attract myself to women and other people that like want to learn, and that I like to teach. I like to teach and help and grow them. Well, if I'm constantly surrounding myself from these people, these are all people, and John C. Maxwell talks about this in, in the Laws of Leadership. That if I'm always surrounding myself with people that are trying to become tens and they're all fives, like I will never break beyond five. I'll never push beyond that because that's as hot, that's what I'm surrounding myself with. So it's the laws of leadership. So if I'm going to elevate myself, I got to start surrounding mm-hmm. myself with others that are ahead of me that I can now learn from. So I, I didn't put that together until my like mid twenties and realized that. And so now when I'd have a relationship, and it would be very tough. These are tough decisions. Or I'd be sitting around, I'm like, here's my five core, right? And I've got my buddy Mark, who's killing the game, and I'm learning a ton from him, and he's a, he's a definite leader and somebody who was very impactful and pushed me in different directions. My other buddy Austin, very similar like that at that time. But then maybe I have one or two, and I'll just use fake names not to put somebody on Front Street, like you know Mike and Richard. And Mike and Richard, man, we're boys. We go all the way back when, since we were younger, and they're fucking so fun to go out and party with. Like they're my Vegas boys. Like we like craps. We do cards all the time together. We have a good time together, man, and I really enjoy their time. But boy, they're fucking, you know, one of them fucking is addicted to drugs all the time. The other one's partying on the weekdays, not really go. They both work kind of nine to five jobs, not really going much anywhere direction wise. Neither one of them are entrepreneurs, but I fucking love them. I love to hang out with them. That's a really tough situation to be in that I think a lot of people get stuck there. And at one point I have to start to realize that they're not, they're no longer serving, serving me anymore. And People, when they first hear that, they're like, oh, that's a really fucked up way to look at relationships with people. But no, that's not... People, People, when they say that, it's threatening to them to hear that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very threatening to hear that because then you think, oh, well, you know, people are not going to want to be my friend because or whatever, or, you know, it sounds selfish. First off, you got to love yourself more than anybody else. That's just number one. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You can't, if you truly want to help people, and this is just for me... This is one of my driving forces that I just really, really feel called to help people. I can't help anybody if I don't help me first. Then who, who am I to help anybody? Or, or what, where am I helping people from if I'm not myself not taking care of myself? So you're it, in your top five? Say what? You're in your yeah, top five? You actually, you are always in your top five. Right. Who else, who do you hang out with more than yourself? Right. Right? Nobody. Um, you make love to yourself more than everybody. Love it, but put yourself in your top five. Sounds like well, I'm uh, probably four of the five. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you, but if you, uh, it's a close between Sal, yeah. between Adam. And I'll Justin. tell you what, it is Sal and then clone Sal. Yeah. yeah, it is a difficult thing to be a grower because when you're growth minded, I'm a shower. You will find yourself. <laughs> Yeah, you're not. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you, uh, Meat when you, cock, if you're cock. if you're a growth minded individual, it's difficult because there's not a lot of growth minded individuals around. So what you're going to end up finding throughout your life is you will outgrow a lot of the people around you. You'll have mentors, you'll have people you're working with and growing with, and then all of a sudden, they're going to feel like anchors. They're going to feel like mm-hmm. you can't move. You can't. You can't keep growing now. That doesn't mean you don't love them. Before they feel like anchors, they'll, even before that, they'll they will slow you down. You just don't realize it. You don't. You may not realize it because you justify it because you enjoy all the other things about them in mm-hmm. the relationship. You enjoy the fun. You enjoy the humor. The whatever things you guys have in common. But if you become like Sal said, if you become somebody who is 
a growth-minded person where you are looking to be a better version of yourself every single day, well, every day that you find yourself hanging out with these people, you either stay stagnant or potentially regress. Mm -hmm. And so when you start looking at it like that, and that's the five number is like really generic because I wouldn't think it's five now. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot more than that. I mean, I I have the the pleasure to interview and speak to on an almost daily basis you know, brilliant minds. And I don't just talk to them on the show. I get to hang out with them afterwards and communicate with them via text. Like, and I, you better, you bet your ass if you've heard somebody on this show that has impressed the hell out of me, I'm fucking talking to them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't just interview them and then say, see you later. Like, if you made an impact with me when I met you and we talked and I'm like fucking inspired by you, yeah. I'm not letting you go. Like, I, I, you're, we're, we're trying to get into new circles too and the, of influencers, like people that will kind of take us and catapult us and, and bring in a new element where growth can happen. And I think that um, at the core, like, so there's, you know, like where we're at now, like obviously, you know, with, with Sal and Adam, this has been a process for me to just explode in growth and just being around that type of energy. And, you know, like Adam was saying, it, it's changed over the years. Like mm-hmm. there, there, there's always like a core, uh, a group that I have to kind of uh, attach myself to because I know that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to get uh, feedback and I'm going to get um, this type of important information from other people about myself. Uh, to to really reflect on and see areas and holes and things that I can improve on. And so uh, that's been an essential component for me, uh, you know, throughout my my entire process. I I remember my one of my first mentors when I first got into uh, this industry and somebody I looked up to, someone who really taught me a lot, was one instrumental in my development as a trainer and a business person. And I also remember the day that I outgrew him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it was difficult. It was very, very difficult because um, when you reach that point, um, you know that you no longer connect with the person like you used to. And sometimes that person is actually threatened by it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you'll actually notice this. You'll, 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 you'll grow with someone. They'll stop. They will feel threatened by your growth. And then all of a sudden you argue, you fight. Um, it's no longer a, a relationship that, that's conducive for anybody. It's no longer serving. And you anymore. ask yourself, and it fucking sucks though, because you end up asking yourself, like, what happened, dude? Like, we were so close, and now we can't even. We don't really get along, and you just you just outgrew them. It's a very difficult. It's a very difficult process. You know what's what's really common is we tend to we tend to latch on to people on to attractive qualities that we we find in someone that we want for ourselves. And I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. Like, so I would have a relationship with a friend who like is just fucking he's killing it business wise like his level of understanding is just on another he's extremely financially successful and I'm attracted to that so I surround myself with that person and then I learn everything I can and that may be that may take years they may be a good close friend of mine for 5 6 7 years and then something sometimes happens like what you're talking about right now so sometimes this this person could remain in your life forever because they're also growth minded but sometimes these people happen to have a skill that they've fucking harnessed really, really well that you're attracted to and you like, and you learn that skill because you're growth-minded, but they still have stayed the same and you're still growing beyond that. That happens a lot. Mm -hmm. And it also is not always related to you know, money and finances, sometimes your growth is focused in other areas. So I've also like, and Katrina is a great example for this for someone or for me, because Katrina 
I, we, when we first met, uh, it was me sharing books with her that were like business and leadership related. And that's how we first started talking. And she's the one that's really helped me like with my, like self love and my, my personal relationships and communication and other parts of my life that has nothing to do with making money in business. And so I continue to grow and she influences my life like that also. So it's not always going to be somebody who, may make you better financially. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it's in other areas, but you're always looking for people that are helping you grow. And you're hoping that you attach yourselves to other people that are growth-minded also so you can continue, that relationship can continue to grow and you stay friends for a long time. But she's, I remember Katrina really helping me let go of friendships that they stopped, you know? And And that was it. She's like, you know, you can't look at it like, you're a bad person or it's such a bad thing. It's that you guys outgrew each other or you grew in different directions or you served each other a purpose in each other's life at that time. And there's nothing wrong with that. You guys were great friends. You guys did this together. You accomplished all that. You learned a lot from each other. Now he's going this direction. You're going that direction. And what's hurting you more than anything else is that you're fighting to hold on. Mm. You're fighting to hold on to it because you've made a personal connection for all these other reasons and you don't want to let it go. And so you're hanging on, but it's actually hurting you more. And it's actually regressing. And, you. and growing is scary. It is. It, it is yeah. because it, when you shed your skin, because that's literally what happens when you grow, you shed your old self. Because whether you like it or not, we identify with the things that we do and the way we think and and you know uh, the actions that we make. When you shed that, when you're all of a sudden no longer the you know insecure kid who's building muscle, who wants to build muscle all the time, or you're no longer you know I got to be the best performer, or whatever, or I'm no longer you know got to be the best son or the best you know whatever husband or when you start to shed those things and, and, and change, it's scary because now what? It's new. And, and like shedding skin, you're, you're sensitive. You're sensitive to the world. You're a Look, new person. Look, if, it, if it's not, you're not doing the right things. That's right. If it's not fucking hard, that's when you know you're onto something, when you start finding yourself in more of these types of conversations and going through most of this stuff because it's like, fuck, this isn't easy. But on the other side of that is growth. Like that is, once you break through that, then you learn to be okay with that. And that takes, that's a process. I mean, fuck, I'm 36 years old. I'm just now piecing that together, you know, so. It took a while, you know. I, I'm One thing that I learned was to, uh, you know, I, I kind of did this a little naturally, but now I really thrive on it, is seeking out what I can learn from other people and uh, not only seeking it out, but you have to kind of humble yourself because sometimes you'll find somebody, actually many times you'll find someone who you don't want to be like that person, but they have something that you can really learn from. This was difficult for me early on where I'd see somebody who try and teach me something or I could learn from them, but because I, didn't, I thought they were idiots or uh, in other areas, I'd be like, well, that person, I'm not going to learn from them. But you can learn a lot from most people. Most people can mentor you in some way. And I've had the opportunity to be surrounded by some brilliant people as I moved along. But I'll tell you what, doing this with you guys, I have never felt as challenged as I do now. And it's a good thing. I feel like uh, the growth is like, it's like a fucking tornado of just continuing to push each other and push each other and push each other without ego, which is also different. It's not this ego driven, I'm better than you, you're better than me type of thing. It's like, uh, you know, we're all just, we're more like, rather than all of us saying, let me teach you, we're all saying, let me learn from you, yeah. which is a very strange- Let's all elevate. It's a, it's a very yeah. different uh, atmosphere from one that I've ever been in, where I was either with someone who's teaching me or I'm teaching someone else. It's more like all of us are like, let me learn from you, you know, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's awesome. All right. Next up is Katie Taylor Fit. 
Do you believe some people, no matter how hard they work, will never be successful at bodybuilding? Or do you think you can outsmart your body's metabolism, structure, etc. with enough effort? Yeah. This yeah, a, definitely. This is a good question. Yeah. There are de- 100%. First off, uh, with hard work, nutrition, you know, with the right uh, programming, all that stuff, you can make a dramatic change in how your body looks. You can make a dramatic change in how your body performs. You have a capacity, a natural capacity, and most of us are nowhere near the limits of what that capacity are. That being said, if you don't got the genetics to compete in bodybuilding successfully, all the hard work, effort, steroids in the world ain't going to make you a champion. Well, I think I think that's true for I think any. I think it, it matters on what you define successful as. So, if if I'm if I if I don't consider myself successful in bodybuilding, although I made it to the professional level. That was a goal of mine, and I set a goal of mine to do that because I know that I don't belong there. I know that I don't have, I didn't have the the gifts. I don't have good symmetry. I wasn't built to be a bodybuilder. But I also believe that with hard work and all those things that we talk about, that you can build a competitive physique, and I can be competitive, but I'll never be the best. I'll never be the best. And I, it's not, oh, that's me giving up. It's not that at all. It's that that's I wasn't built for that sport. It's it's no different than me saying that I'll never be the best at baseball. Can I play? Can I work at it? Can I be better? Can I comp- potentially compete with some of the best in the world? Maybe, but I'll never be the best. Like I wasn't built structurally to be that person. Bodybuilding's even more so this way because it's a visual aesthetic that actually the difference in size of limbs and muscle bellies makes a difference and everybody is genetically different from each other and though some of us are way different than others and some of us that are probably better at sports and other things like like I always refer to me being like built like a swimmer or a basketball player I'm a better I I would have a better chance at being great at basketball or great at swimming than I would at bodybuilding now that doesn't mean that I can't have somewhat of a successful career as a bodybuilder because you could argue that I kind of did, right? I went all the way up to the professional level, but I couldn't have stayed at the professional level and won and made a full career off of that, nor would I ever fooled myself to think that. So I I think it really depends on what you mean by success because I think you could argue that anybody could get up and that, that might be a successful for them, right? Just right. competing in the Right, just contest. to say you got up there and, and, mm-hmm. and look good. I think anybody can shred down and look and present their physique and and also work on their weak areas to have a you know a, a decently symmetrical physique but no i there's definitely a, a genetic component that will make a big big you got to think to yourself that you have a capacity so uh imagine uh well, who was it that said like genetics is the is the bullet in the gun and epigenetics is like pulling the trigger right so you mm-hmm. have this capacity that was Chris. You, was it Chris? Mm-hmm. You have this capacity uh, for performance, physical, mental, like all aspects of performance. That capacity, there's a large range within that capacity from the absolute worst you could be to the absolute best you can be. It's a fucking wide chasm mm. of where you can where you can play. And that's your decisions. That's the decisions you make with your actions, with the food you put in your mouth, with the how hard you work and the study you do or you know all these different things. That determines where you fall in that capacity, but you're ultimately your capacity is determined by your genes. Right. This goes for mental capacity too. You know, you could definitely bust your ass, work hard, get a master's degree and a PhD in many different fields, but are you going to be an Einstein? 
Are you going to be a Da Vinci? Are you going to be well? Well, well, don't you think too? Like just with the sport of bodybuilding, it's it's tough because of the subjectiveness of it, right? So like, there's a lot of people in the gym that think that just by taking steroids, they're going to be awesome and huge, and you know, present themselves on stage and look amazing. Because like any other sport, you're going to know right away whether you suck. (laughs) You know, like this is going to take some time to develop and and go through the process of like. Oh wow, you know my body really isn't responding like the way I thought it would. Well, be. I could I could look at somebody. So, I mean, I'll be completely honest when when I chose Melissa to help her for her show, there was no doubt in my mind, you know, I could take her to a first place position with the her, the physique that she already had. Mm-hmm. And that's not to take anything away from the hard ass work that she put in to get on stage, but I've also trained tons of other bikini competitors like her before her that worked just as hard and followed everything that I showed them and they didn't place top two. So you can just see that body type. Oh, right, right away. away. Right yeah. away. I can see it in male or female because there's certain things that they look for, right? If you're if you're there's a, a very unique combination of yeah, things you need to have. There is a guy a guy needs to have this small waist to shoulder ratio with these uh, nice beautiful big quads and symmetrical calves to his shoulders and if you if you don't kind of have that symmetry already it doesn't mean that you can't create the illusion you're looking at somebody who did that like right away like i i didn't just all of a sudden come out and start competing and then all of a sudden i was actually hanging there i trained for a year before i even had the balls to get on the amateur stage and then train at the amateur level then get up to the, the professional level it was a good two and a half three years on top of the 15 years of lifting weights that I had already previously put in to sculpt a physique that could even potentially hang with some of the best in the world. And I know damn well when I get up there at the professional level that I'm looking at some of the guys and I'm like, dude, we're just, you're better than I am. Mm. You are. You're just, you have a better overall package. You have to have uh, the right bone structure, wide shoulders and narrow, narrow hips and waist. You have to have the right muscle structure, long muscle bellies, which is, you know, so to combine that now, it's the odds of having the bone structure with the odds of having the long muscle bellies, with the odds of having the type of genetics where your body likes to build muscle and it also likes to be lean. So now you got those three combinations. It's going no different. It's no different package. than this. It's no yeah. different than, uh, and I like to use extreme analogies so people can draw this because this gets kind of blurry for people. Like, well, I don't understand. What are you saying? Well, look at. How many, uh, you know, four foot five or, or four foot ten? There's there's people out there that are shorter than five foot. How many of them play in the NBA? Yeah. You just don't see it. Now we've had people like Spud Webb come along, right? That's a five foot guy who could dunk a basketball, and it's just this total was anomaly. He, like five six or no? Five, he was shorter than was five foot, dude. Five he, five. Yeah, five, he was. Five. Yeah, he was short, man. He was real man, short. He could so, dunk. but yeah, but the the point is that is it possible? Could someone like Spud Webb come up there and play with the pros? Yes, you can. But he is like the, the, so you rare, right? And the work that he probably put in to hang at that level, it's just, it's not advantageous for the average person that, that, that's built that way to probably try and do that. Yeah. The same thing goes for bodybuilding. You're, how many how many seven-foot bodybuilders are there? Doesn't mean you can't be seven-foot and be a bodybuilder. You can Ooh, be a- five he's, seven. Five seven. Nice. Oh, they five, always, five, they, seven, they, right. they embellish those. Yeah. They embellish those numbers. <laughs> Still, yeah, dude. Yeah. A yeah. guy that's only five seven. That no, can I know. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is it, who's that guy? Mugs, five Mugs, three. Mugsy Bogues is another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you have a handful of these guys that have oh, ever done fun. that. So, yes, you can be. I think you can be successful at bodybuilding and not have the genetics, but 
boy, you are definitely working against your odds if yeah. you aren't built for that. And those that are, even the ones that were built for it have got to work their ass off. Anybody who's in the NBA worked his ass off to get there. Anybody who's at the professional level of bodybuilding worked his ass to get, off, ba- get there. Basically, here's what you need to think about. You want to become the best version of yourself. That's it. What is the best version of me? And I'm not just talking about bodybuilding. I'm talking about overall. Mm. What is the best version of myself intellectually, uh, physically, health-wise, you know, spiritually, the way I communicate to people, the way my relationships are with people? All of us have this incredible capacity for doing things uh, in all these different you know, realms. And if we just dedicate ourselves to trying to become the best versions of ourselves, I think you would be fucking shocked. You'd be shocked at what you can accomplish. Forget well, about yeah, know. but yeah, but you're you're also, I mean, this person's asking specifically about bodybuilding. What if this kid really wants to bodybuild? Like, yeah. it's not fair for you to tell him you know, this is where you should go. Like, if you want to compete in a sport, can you do it and not have the genetics? Sure, you can, but just know what you're getting into. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't think I'm not going to tell you that you need to go on this hippie crunchy fucking walk like Sal's talking about right now. Like, you if you want to bodybuild and it's something you're passionate about and you love to do. By all means, follow your passion, but be ready for be ready for what you're stepping into. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you are taller or way shorter, or you look at your muscle symmetry, okay, compare your chest, your shoulders, your legs, how balanced you are. We've all had remember those kids in school when we were all 16, 17 years old, and he has he already had biceps and shoulders and he barely ever touched weights, if ever, and he already kind of had a muscular kind of physique. Mm. Th- those are the guys and girls that bodybuilding they were they were yeah. built to well, bodybuild. But the other thing too is I mean we look at the question you know this 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 mentality and yeah i did go that way that route but you got to look at the mentality behind this you know people are told that no matter what you want to accomplish you can with enough effort uh, you know, we just work hard enough, and well, and that's not a bad message. Eff- but eff- effort is a, effort's one thing; hard work and intensity is another thing. Sure, right? but because my point my point is that there's nothing necessarily wrong with that uh, message, uh, but um, a lot of people, especially in, when it comes to bodybuilding, you know, they they lie to themselves because. God damn it! They got they don't look at them they don't look at themselves the the right way they don't think of themselves the right way they want it to happen so bad and I I see more people I'll tell you what right now I know what you're, I see I more know, people I know hurt themselves it's like what semantics because it's like it, what, how do you determine your success right well so, I, but not it, only that it, but how many people hurt themselves I know and, what and you're I know what you're doing I know you're giving great advice it's not that I, I know you're giving great advice and uh, it's I'm just saying that. I want to be clear that absolutely is possible. But listen, I mean, I, I had to take steroids. I had 15 years under my belt already. The The amount of work and training that I put in to get it at that level was fucking unreal. Could I, And I could have stayed in that world and just kept doing that and been magazine cover guy and sold pro- programs by myself and done a thing and maybe been successful all by myself. But I had no fucking desire to do that. If you do, maybe that's what you want. Maybe you don't have what it takes, but you're willing to put whatever it is to be there. Like, who am I to tell you you can't have your dreams? You see, you Just see, know what the hell you're stepping you into. You see more people abusing their body in worse ways trying agreed, to do well at agreed, this. Agreed, agreed, Than the ones that sometimes yeah. succeed. I agree. You know what I, I mean? I think people would like, so to, to come from more of like, from my experience with football, like I knew I was good at football, but I was good. I wasn't great. You know, like I went through the entire process and went to the next level, then went to the next level and found out, okay, at this level, um, uh, everybody's kicking the shit out of me. Everybody's bigger than me. Everybody's stronger than me. Faster. You know, faster. Like I could put even more work into the weight room if I wanted to 
and just grind my ass through that to to try and even like stay on par. But at that point, I'm just staying on par barely. And then the level after that is like a, is an entirely different dimension. So I'm not like, I just had to realize like, dude, I went pretty far. Cool. You yeah. know, like that's it for me. Yeah. So it, unfortunately, reality is going to set in at some point. Like, look, <laughs> my body looks like this. I look great. Awesome. I did a lot of fucking great work, but I'm not going to be a champion. Yeah. And that's, that's reality. Yeah. And I wonder how many people miss their maybe they're calling because they get so stuck in one mm-hmm. thing that they want to do so well in, but they're maybe not suited for. Yeah. Don't identify with it. Yeah. You know, try it out. See if it's, it'll, you'll, you'll, right. you'll be the best. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of learning lessons that can come with that. You know, I think there's, I think that's, and that's why, where I keep coming from is that I'm not trying, I don't want to, I think Sal's giving great advice, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to discourage somebody to not do something. Cause I'll tell you something right now, half of what made the competing thing so rewarding for me was knowing that what I was doing was so hard. I knew that like I wasn't supposed to be here. I know that I don't have it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it made it more it made it more challenging and more rewarding. Well, you learned a ton going through it, right? Right. Yeah. It, and exa- and it, it forced it forced me to be more dialed than somebody who can probably get away with cheating and cutting some corners because you can, how often do we see that in sports? Right? All sports, not just bodybuilding where oh, yeah. somebody who is just genetically gifted who doesn't put half the effort and work in and they and they're still better than that guy or girl who's fucking practicing every single day. It's the same thing. Oh, it used to kill me. I used to have trainers that work for me, and they're just... It would kill me. Like I'd see them eating garbage, yeah, and then they go out McDonald's and, do, and they're yeah, and they go all shredded, like, yeah, and yeah. they do skull crushers like two hundred pounds, and it's like <laughs> we had a couple fuck. of those, yeah, yeah. It was you know, frustrating. God damn it, right, right. So you know, there's there's something to be said about you know getting involved in a sport that you're not built naturally to do, and knowing that maybe I'm not best for this, but hey, you know what? I'm gonna work my ass off to see how far I can get and get mm-hmm. compared to these people. I think I think if you're a listener of our show, hopefully if you've been listening for a long time, that. I think we've given enough good, healthy advice and and relationship, body image stuff. I think we talk about that all the time. Um, I I don't think it's fair of me to totally detour somebody from competing that may not have the genetics for it because I 100% know that I'm not. You know, I know I know what the fuck I look like right now. I know what I look like when I'm taking just my TRT dose of testosterone and I'm just lifting weights like a normal person three to four times a week. I know what the fuck I look like. I don't, if I take my shirt off right now, nobody would walk by and go like, hey, that guy's a bodybuilder. Nobody would, not one person. So it's it, it can be done, and you can true. and you can do it. <laughs> it is. Sorry. Yeah, I said no, and I'm you, you, I'm okay with that. That's it. It's, it's okay to to be okay with that. It's okay also to know that and go after a goal to prove something to yourself because that's what that was about for me. That's it was what like it's all about man. it is. It was like I can prove to myself that against all odds, not having a coach, not having a team, not having the genetics, watch me fucking do this. And that was and to me like that was extremely rewarding it taught me a lot about myself it did a lot of things for me character wise yada 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 so you know what just know that absolutely genetics make plays a huge fucking role and you may you may have a body type that does not suit you for what you're about to go there's do. also a lot of stuff you could do in bodybuilding besides competing you really like bodybuilding that much you could become a coach you could be a trainer you know, you could be like Hani, who obviously could never step on stage, uh, but you know, he, you know, he, he's, he's apparently a good coach. You know, no, the, you're so right, you're right. Body bodybuilding. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference between bodybuilding as a sport and he's then just being into maker. bodybuilding. Because technically, when you think about it, and a, a lot of bodybuilders like to tell this to people, is that we all are bodybuilders. 
We all are in a way. You're building your body. Yeah. All of us are trying to build muscle and burn fat, which is really the same thing that a bodybuilder is doing. They're just taking it to a whole extreme level. I'm going to put that on my Instagram now. We're all bodybuilders. We are all bodybuilders. bodybuilders. Like a a flag. That's a perfect way to do it. Psalms 23.9. That's that's nice. Hey, check this out. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to Mind Pump TV. We just posted an awesome video. Actually, pretty soon... We should be posting up some videos of our seminars so you kind of see some of the stuff we went over. Also, uh, Instagram, that's the place to ask us questions that we answer on episodes like this one. Mind Pump Media is the page. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.